0: I want to invite you to go ahead and open up your bulletin and take out your notes here this morning and really want to encourage you to take uh, good notes this morning. Keep yourself engaged. I know that when you take notes uh, rather than just listening, but you're bringing another part of your brain, another part of your body. Uh, you're not just hearing something. You're, you're participating in something to where God can do a deep work by His Spirit. So it's, it, I really feel it's vital to go ahead and take notes. I have a question for you this morning in light of the video that you just saw. Do you feel that God has more for you? Are you satisfied or is there somewhat maybe a, a little bit of a holy discontent inside of you. Would you like to experience more? Uh now if 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 you're if you're feeling satisfied and you're you're okay, whatever, uh, I'm happy for you, but Uh, I want to encourage you to join Paul as he he talked there in Philippians chapter three. He says, I haven't arrived yet. And this is a man who who had written a lot of the New Testament, had deep revelations of the Lord and had been used mightily of God. But he still found himself uh, striving not to be accepted, but to see and to and to feel and to experience more of God. This morning, we begin a series called The Four Cups, God's timeless promises for a life of fulfillment. I want to kind of tell you, give a little bit of a background uh, on this series on how and why uh, that we're going into this. A couple of years ago, I was with the staff up in Alabama. We went to a conference and uh, it was an amazing conference. It was for pastors and uh, uh, the pastor uh, was sharing the message right here. Uh, it was this concept of four cups. And uh, he described uh, where uh, a few years ago he went with a number of pastor friends to Israel to go ahead to the sites that were talked about there in the Bible. And uh, was with a number of pastors. And it was led, the guide was, was someone who really knew the Lord, spirit filled, who was an archaeologist as well as a Bible scholar. So he said it was a wonderful trip. It was my first time there and, and had a chance, you know, to see the holy sites. And And he said, we, we went into the Garden of Gethsemane. For those who don't know what the Garden of Gethsemane was, it was the place where Jesus, uh, on the day before he was crucified, he, he prays this intense prayer. And, uh, and it, there it's described in Luke chapter 22 that Uh, He was just about getting ready to face the cross and all the ramifications of that. And Luke records it says his sweat was like drops of blood. He said it was in there in that place. He said we we celebrated the the Passover or communion. Communion is the Christian's response to the Passover. Now, when you think of communion, uh, I don't know about you. I think of communion. I think of of one cup and, and bread. But he, he described the, the, the leader, the guide uh, right there. He says when, when, when the leaders were with Jesus and when the Jews were, were celebrating the Passover, what they would do is, uh, uh, and what they did, in fact, on the night before uh, Jesus was crucified, which was on Good Friday right there, a bad day for him, good day for us, what they would do is they would read a passage of Scripture from Exodus And there were four statements in there. And after each statement, they would take a cup of wine, okay? And they would pass around, they would drink it, they would discuss it, and then they would pray about that. And it was in those cups, okay, were four statements that were made. And those cups represent God's plan. God's plan represented God's plan for the people of Israel Not only for the people of Israel, but also for us. It was to be future tense as well. It was God's plan and vision for people's lives. And these these plans, or what we call promises, you'll find throughout the Scriptures. In fact, they're found in the Great Commission. They're found all throughout the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts. Even in the Old Testament. How many would like to know what the four cups represents? How many even know what the four cups are? Okay, now here's the simple premise. Drink from these four cups, not just two, not just one, but all four, and experience the life of fulfillment that God wants for you. He doesn't want just some people to be fulfilled. He wants all of his people to be fulfilled. And I want to take you on a journey with me. We're going to go on it together. We're going to see what God's plan is for our life and how we get there. And here's the simple thought. More than 3000 years ago, God made some promises to a group of people in Egypt. The group of people were called the Israelites and the Jews. But these promises still stand today. Not only are they for the Jews, but for Gentiles. We are considered Gentiles. And the God of the universe has an offer on the table for you. His promises. Let me take you to a great scripture that we'll build upon here this morning. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. It says, He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. He has granted unto you, us, His precious and magnificent promises. Look at this. The promise right here that, that the scripture is talking about has a purpose. So that you and I can share in His divine nature. There are a lot of Christians who are living natural lives. Just experiencing life in the natural. But God has created us. Especially for those who have been born again of His Spirit, okay, to live a supernatural life. And I believe that as we walk in His promises, we experience His promises, we walk in the supernatural. Now here is the premise of so the promise. I want you to see here. You can fill in the blank. Promises. Ready? A promise is an offer. With a guaranteed result. A promise is an offer with a guaranteed result. We've all made promises. In fact, we've, we've been on the other end of when someone has made a promise to us. And they've broken that promise, right? In fact, if you look at marriages here today. 50% of marriages approximately are ending in divorce. Promises have been broken, okay? In fact, we're here, not only have we been on the end of a broken promise, but I think all of us in here have made promises as well, and we've not fallen through. My boys ask me, the ones that we have adopted, Samuel and Josiah, both six and seven years old, and say, Dan, can 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 we do this? Uh, and, uh, and it may not be right there at that moment, but it may be something later on in a day. And... Uh, Dad, can we do this? And, and I fairly, now, you know, as I have grown older and hopefully wiser, I parse my words a little bit carefully. Okay, I say, I don't make a promise, but I say maybe. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Help me know there, there's a way out when you say maybe, okay? But I want you to see something here in Joshua 21, verse 45. It says, not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. And some of you are saying on the inside, I disagree. God has broken promises and I haven't experienced many of his promises that are talked about here in the Bible. But I want you to see a couple things here concerning the promises. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. When God wanted to guarantee... His promises. He gave His Word. This is God. He said, I give you my Word. A rock-solid guarantee. God can't break His Word. And because His Word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. This is his, God's promises are, are timeless. They're eternal. He goes on to say, and so we who have run for our very lives to God, I hope you've run for your lives to God, have every reason to grab The promised hope with both hands and never let go. I want you to think of a promise here today. The promises of God that God wants to bring into your life to not only just look at them, to get a hold of them and to never let go of those. Now, there's three things I want you to know about God's promises, and these are key. Now, remember, I believe that God wants us to experience his promises There's blessing behind His promises, both now as well as for the future. Here it is, number one. Number one, I need to know His promises. Some of you are here today You've opened up your Bible, you've studied, you've read it. You didn't just read it, but you, you, you spent time and you've known and, and you've read some of God's promises. In fact, there are people here today that have memorized some of the scriptures and the scriptures that you have memorized are directly related to a promise. Some of you are here this morning, don't know any of the promises of God. And I want to encourage you to become acquainted with the promises of God. First Chronicles seventeen nineteen. David said this, Lord, you have done a wonderful thing. You have given me many great promises. All of them are for my good. And they are exactly what you wanted to give me. So David here right now in this passage, he's celebrating. He's thanking God for making his promises known to him. And I want to say to everyone in here, this is good news here this morning. God has promises for you. Every single one here in this room. And if you want to grow in your relationship with God, and I hope that's inside of everyone's heart, I'm making the assumption that the majority of the people that are here in this room are really wanting to grow in your relationship with God and experience all God has for you. I would encourage you to read the scriptures every day. I would encourage you to read the Bible and and to read about the promises of God. Not just to read the Bible to conquer it, but to read it. I I want you to read the Bible. And you've heard this. He said, Pastor Mike, you've said this, not just one time, but thousands of times. Yes, I have. And I will continue to say that. But when you read the Bible, here's what I want to encourage you, how to read the Bible. When you read this, as you're getting ready to open it, and I don't know how your method of what you do to read your Bible, there's a number of, Of great suggestions you can go through a bible reading plan go to bible gateway and they will take you through a one-year plan to read the bible in one year i would encourage you to go ahead and do that but as you do that i i would say before you open up the scriptures and would you say god would you just meet me right here in your words Number one, read that, okay, with the goal of meeting with God. How many know that's a good thing? And number two, read it with the the thought of coming across a promise that relates to your life. Read it and and get a hold of it and adopt it to your life. Discover a promise of truth and hang on to it. Why is that? Because here's what we know about life. Life is not easy. We know that life could many days and many weeks and sometimes... Many months and even years, life can be very difficult. And life can be tough, filled with many storms. But I love what Chris Hodges said, Pastor Chris Hodges, at Church of the Highlands. And he said this, when life doesn't make sense, you need to hold on to the promise of God. They will keep you. My brothers and sisters, the storms that are coming in the future into all of our lives the pro- in fact, that's a promise in the Bible. It's it's, it's kind of it's a statement from, from from Jesus. He says, "When these things come your way, I mean, we're promised." Okay, it, it doesn't sound too attractive, but he warns us that this is coming. But if you have the promises of God, they will keep you steady. They will keep you anchored, and ultimately experiencing the promised land. You see, in every challenging situation there is a promise verse for you to take through and to experience victory what are you going through right now what's bothering you what's challenging you right now i i so want to encourage you to to become acquainted with the promises of god because it's in the promises of god and holding on to them and 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 making them a part of our lives that we experience the victory are you concerned about your future? Let me just take you through a, a couple of scriptures jeremiah twenty nine eleven write that down for I know the plans that I have for you plans to, to give you a hope and a future if you if 're you're, if you're afraid of your future, if you 're here this morning and you 're just tired and all worn out matthew eleven twenty eight come on to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest if you 're broke here today you 're out of money. My God shall supply all of your of your needs according to his riches in glory. If you're, if you're here today and you feel like I, I I need protection, I want protection over my kids, Psalm ninety-one four. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. Okay? If you need to be led, okay, you're looking for direction. Proverbs three six In all thy ways acknowledge him. And He will direct your path. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay? You're in need. Matthew chapter six, thirty-three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Your health and healing your body. Psalm 103, verse 2. Praise the Lord. For the Lord, He heals all of my diseases. If you're afraid... You're in fear. Psalm 34, four four. listen to this. I sought the Lord and He answered me. He delivered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. If you're going through depression here today, Jeremiah 33, 6, I will bring health and healing. I will heal my people and let them enjoy abundant peace and security. Old age and all the issues that, that come with old age, Isaiah 46 4, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he, and I am he who, who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. Come on, my brothers and sisters, give me an amen on that one, okay? Give God an Amen. You've been rejected. You're feeling like no one wants to be around you. Second Corinthians six, seventeen. I will receive you. Just one. Those are just a, a couple of the, of the thousands of promises that are found in God's Word. You're dealing with something. You're really going through a hard time. I encourage you, if you have a, a computer, Google. What does the Bible have to say about this subject? Go ahead, look it up. <laughs> and not only just look it up, but memorize it. Get it into your hearts. So number one, I need to know His promises. And number two, I need to understand his promises. This is huge. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man. So he does not lie. He's not human. And he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Some people would say, oh yeah, 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 God has. He's in the false advertisement. He doesn't always do it. Has he ever promised and not carried through? I would say this, God is not into false advertisements. He always does what he says he will do. But the problem is, many times God's people don't understand his promises or understand what's going on. You see, many promises are conditional. Now, his love is unconditional, but his promises are conditional. In fact, I want you to see here on Uh, on the screen in your notes this is huge so important to understand every promise most of his promise has a premise that means there's a condition to his promises to experience in those in fact uh, I want to take you through just three things just a, a few moments about understanding God's promises that are really huge number one uh you and I have a role in God's promises. Here's where it starts. We've got to be in a right relationship with Him. We can't expect to go ahead and have you know, God be like some you know, uh, you know, genie in a bottle and God go ahead and do this and not have a personal relationship with Him that's walking in rebellion and strife to His ways. That's number one. We have a role in it. Number two, it requires faith. It requires faith. The, the journey with God, the, this walk here on earth, is a journey of faith. And I want to encourage you, as your pastor, get used to the journey of faith. We walk by faith, the Bible says, and not by sight. Hebrews 11 6 says, And without faith, it's impossible to please God. I know you and I want to please God. God says, Here's where it happens. It happens through faith. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe not only that He exists, but He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. You see, many people just want God to do it all. You know, they want God to go ahead and and make it happen. And, And they want God to do this, they want God to do that, they want stuff from God, but they don't want to use faith. And God doesn't work that way. He wants you and I Okay, To come to so trust Him, and it's in that relationship that we pursue Him. And by the way, we're not pursuing necessarily promises. We're pursuing the person of Jesus Christ. As we pursue the person of Jesus, okay, we discover these wonderful promises, and we say, oh, thank you, Lord, so much. This is for me, and we hold on to those. He wants you to trust in Him so you can grow closer in relationship with Him. And number three, when it comes to His promises, God does it in His way and His time. Get used to that one as well. Isaiah 50, five, eight. I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. God's decree. So, we have to come. We... We have, to, we have to come to that place where we trust the Lord. Say, Lord, I, I don't totally understand what's going on, but Lord, I know that your promise is true. I, Lord, know that you don't fail, but God, I will trust you. This is where trust comes in. I'm trusting you, God, to do it in your way, in your time. And number three, when it comes to his promises, I need to pursue his promises. This is our part. We're pursuing them. And I'm gonna help I'm gonna help you in this part of your spiritual journey. We're all on a journey here in this room. Psalm one hundred nineteen, one hundred forty it says this your promises have been thoroughly tested, and your servant loves them. I want to say here to you for those who have been struggling in their faith, have been wondering, are God promises true it? And I would say there's a good chance that you haven't thoroughly tested. The promises of God, you walked away from them too soon. But David, who was writing these scriptures under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he stayed with the promise. He goes down to verse 148. He says, my eyes stay open through the watches of the night. Why? So I can meditate on your promises. And what happens when when we get a hold of His promises, we meditate on them, we think about them, and and we speak them out loud. And and by the way, when it comes to promises, we're not reminding God of what He said. Remember, He wrote the book. Okay, Remember, He knows it all. He knows what's going on. We speak it to ourselves. And, And we need to speak it to ourselves because it's when we hear God's Word that faith begins to arise in our heart. I promise this. If you know and understand and pursue His promises, there is a more. There's a better life that God has for you. It's called the abundant life. It's called the fulfilled life. We're going to read about that that last scripture here when we finish up here this morning. May I go on to say that the better life is experienced by drinking the four cups. God made four promises to the children of Israel to the people of Israel. And these promises, okay, these four core promises, God not only made them for the, for them, but he's made them for us. And by the way, there, as I said, there are thousands of promises in the Bible. But when you kind of boil it down, it kind of comes back to these four promises. They revolve around these. What I want to do here this morning is I want to take just a few moments about the four cups. And we kind of do a little tease. What's going to be happening over the next four weeks. We're going to talk just this morning a little bit. Just a sneak peek about the four cups. And I want you to go ahead. And I want you to turn with me. These are the big four. It's found in Exodus 6. This is what, what the families. This is what the Jews would read. When we, they were celebrating the Passover. Which was done once a year. And they would read this passage a scripture and the families would be together and neighbors would be together. And here's what they would read. Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I want you to notice here, God makes this statement here, I will. It's called the four I wills. What the Jewish people would talk about. And I want you to underline these. Get these in your Bible. If you have your Bible here today, here's what we're going to talk about. Number one, this is cup one. The Bible declares, this is a promise. I will bring you out. I will bring you out. It's like God is saying, He says... I've got to get you out of this land. I've got to get you out of this land of slavery. It's it's not like God is saying, you know what, I'm not worried about changing you. I'm not worried about telling you where you're wrong. I can't work. In fact, I can't even work in your life until I get you out of Egypt. This is what God... I mean, when I heard this, I mean, this was so exciting. It was really beginning to make sense. And here's what God's promise is to you and me. God's promise... God promises me salvation. And you'll notice right next to your notes, you have saved. We're going to talk about that at the end of the message. God promises you and me, and He promised the Jews salvation. Now, the problem is, if you live here in the South, we're here in the Bible Belt, and many say, well, I already got that one. I'm already saved. Let's, let's go to next. What else does God have for me? Okay. Salvation, by the way, is not just by going to church or being a member of the church or by just believing in God or being of a particular denomination or morally good. The question I want to pose to you here this morning is, how do I know and how do you know if I've drank from the first cup? And I want you to let the scriptures be your filter here this morning. Let me take you to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 from the Amplified. For those who are hoping to get to heaven because you think maybe if I'm just good enough, God may accept me, or I think God's going to accept me, this is totally debunked. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, what, from damnation? Hell! delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is what? It's the gift of God, not because of works, not the fulfillment of law's demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone could possibly do. So no one can pride himself in it or take glory to himself. So drinking of the cup of salvation is knowing that we, we drink of the cup of grace, the cup of sanctification. And I would say this, when you drink of this cup, it just starts the promise, I mean the process to the promise of experiencing everything that God has for you. Remember, I want to get you out of Egypt. I, I want to get you out. And then he goes on into the next statement. He says right here, I will free you. Okay, I want to get you out. But then he says, I will free you. And some of you are saying, well, it sounds like he already did that. I'm not a slave anymore. Now you're going to go ahead and free me from being a slave. And I say, and God says, yes. I'm going to free you from being a slave. You see, a lot of people legally are not slaves anymore. The the people of Israel were no longer slaves legally. Okay, they are, were away from Egypt. Okay, they're in the desert, but yet they had the heart, they had the habit, and they had the mindset of a slave. They're out of they're out of Egypt. Okay, but Egypt is inside of them, and Egypt is a place of slavery. Egypt is a place of bondage. Egypt is a place of wrong thinking, which translates into wrong action. God wants you and I to not only get out of Egypt, but to get Egypt out of our heart, to get slavery out of our heart, which brings us to the second promise. God promises me deliverance or healing. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. God promises you and I deliverance. Deliverance is for those who are trapped in their dead-end old lifestyle. It's where, it's where, it's where your old sin nature rules your life, okay? It's where your, your sin nature, I mean, still embarrasses you. It, it, it frustrates you. It, and you say, man, I, I just can't seem to get victory in my life. And you're frustrated. Can I just tell you? You're in good company. To the man who wrote a lot of the New Testament, listen to what Paul the Apostle said here in Romans 7 15. He says, I don't really understand myself. Well, I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is? In my mind, I, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Amen? Here's what I want to tell you. This is good news. Get ready. For those who are frustrated, feeling condemned, can I just tell you this? God, the God of the Bible, your heavenly Father, is not frustrated with you. He's not mad at you. He's not wringing His hands in heaven and just wondering, when are you going to get it together? Here's what He has. He has a promise on the table. He has an offer for you. He has, in fact, a cup for you to drink so it can get the Egypt out of you. But here's the problem. Many Christians are stuck here in cup two. They, they find themselves working their whole life and never really experiencing the freedom And the healing that God has for them. Just working on me. And that's a tragedy. Let's go to two more cups. Can I get a drink of water? You can hear my voice. We'll make it. Two more cups to drink from. I will redeem you. Underline that (coughs) phrase. I will redeem you. Pastor Otis talked about this last week. The word redeem means to buy back To put back to its original state and purpose. God wants to redeem you and I. God has, here it is, this is the exciting part. This is where where most of the church, in fact, 87% of the church is really not walking in this cup and this promise. I want to say God has something for you. He has something that he wants you to discover and he has something that he wants you to do. Listen to this young people. Listen to this to those who are in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. Okay, God has something for you. Listen to this scripture from Ephesians one. It's in Christ that we find out who we are. So many people going through life, really not understanding who they are, who we are, and what we're living for. What they're supposed to do. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, he had designs on us for glorious living part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone in the third cup it's where you and i find our uniqueness we find out who we are and we find out and we find out what we're supposed to doing and what god is saying he says i have a plan for your life i have something that i want you to discover and i have something that i want you to do but most christians don't know who they are or what they're supposed to do. And we're going to help you on that one. And by the way, growth track number three is huge and help you to find that. And number four, number four cup. He says, write this down. Not write it down. Underline this. Highlight this in your Bible. I will take you as my own people. This is the final stage. The final cup. This is our stage in our development in our walk with God. And our spiritual life. He doesn't just make you a person, but He makes you here a people. He, he goes to the plural. He makes you part of a family. He makes you part of a team, part of a church, and He groups you. And we know this, and when you read the Scriptures, when God develops a person, He doesn't develop them by themselves. He always puts them with a group of people so that He can fulfill His promises in them. And he always wants to put you in a group, i.e. the body of Christ. And here it is. You will never know how great life can be. And listen to this. You'll never know how good life can be for you unless you are part of a team making a difference. That's sowing into eternal realities. There's no greater joy knowing that together I'm with people. I'm making a difference here in this life. And so many people aren't making a difference. They're living for themselves and they're not living for God's purposes. But those who are joined together with like-minded people who love God and want to serve God's peoples are making a difference. Which brings us to the last promise. God promises you and me fulfillment. And right next to that word is launched. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. God promises you and me fulfillment. The very first verse that I memorized in the Bible was this one. John chapter, John chapter 10, verse 10. And to this day, it is still my favorite verse in the Bible. The thief. Anybody know who he is? The thief, what is he? He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This life can be full when we drink from the four cups. Now, here's what really stirred me two years ago. When the leader and the speaker was speaking about the four cups, he said, you know what? He says, churches have visions and things that they want to do. He says, but you know what? God also has a vision for people's lives and for His church. And that should trump any vision that any church or any other individual should have. And, and here it is. This, is. this is God's vision. This is God's hope. This is God's promise to you and I right here uh, for us. The, and, and he wants it not only for our individual lives, but he wants it for Calvary. And when I heard that, it so stirred my heart. And so we've, we've done a little shift when it's come to our vision statement. Instead of our own vision statement, we're coming over to what God has to say. And I want you to see this. Uh, this is going to get on our lips over these next uh, couple of months. In fact, years. Here's, a, here's God's vision and Calvary's vision. Here it is. To see people saved, healed, empowered, and launched into their calling. That's, that's the vision. That's, and, and remember this statement, with, and without a vision, people perish. This is, what, this, is, this is from our programs to the services to, to everything that, that we, are, we, we are tempted to do with, with God's strength and God's leadership is to see people saved, to see people healed, to see people empowered, and to see people launched into their calling. And I believe with all of my heart, when we are not just drinking the cup of salvation and the cup of freedom, but when we drink from that cup that God has for us of empowerment and launching, we walk in a cup of fulfillment. Now, here it is: practical step. It's the month, when is it? Uh, September. 21st. Is that, am I correct? September 21st. Here's I, everybody. In case you put your notes away, get them out again. Okay. I want everyone to get your notes out. We're going to talk about cup one next week, the cup of salvation. What I'm going to ask you to do right now, do this right now. I want you to write down at least two people's names here in Citrus County, that you can invite to church next week. Here, we're going to set up extra chairs. Okay, um, we're going to, we we got more chairs next, or we're going to bring some more chairs into here, and we're going to get ready. We're, by the way, the second service we got the kids in with us for the first part of the service because of the renovation that we're going through. Um, but here's what I want you to do. By the way, if there was if it was you're like, man, I would like to. I would really like to invite someone, but I'm not so sure that the, what Pastor's speaking on it is really apropos to what maybe what they really need, okay? Uh, and they need God, they need to get saved. This is a message that you really want to bring Him to the cup of salvation. And by the way, you go, Oh, I'm already saved. I really don't really need to hear this message. Oh, yes, you do. It is going to make so much sense. It, you're going to be, I'm ready. I'm already done. The message is done. Okay? I'm just praying over it. So excited about what's going to happen next Sunday. I'm going to be inviting many people myself. I'm going, to, I'm going into the dozens. I'm asking you to do two things. I, might, I want you to write down write down their name in your bullets, and here's what I want you to do. Those two people, some of you are going to say, I can't think of two people, Pastor. Okay, I understand. Uh, Some of you, you don't have relationships. Uh, The only people that you know are people that are saved. That generally happens the longer that you're a Christian, the less, you know, heathen or unchristian friends that you have. And I, I get that. I understand that. But God wants us rubbing shoulders. We don't know Christ, right? He wants us to be salt. can't be salt. can't be light unless we're around them. But I want you to do this. Write down at least two names. And you say, I can't. Well, I want you to think about your neighborhood. How many know you got people on your street that don't know Christ? Okay. But I want you to do this. Pray for them. This is first and foremost. And here's, what, here's how you specifically pray for them. Pray that God would take the veil off of their eyes. And take, and take the junk that's in their ears so that they can see and they can hear next week. By the way, I want you to write down a name for me. Kristen. Okay. I met my match yesterday. Uh, a neighbor. Uh, I'm doing a side job for right now. Oh, my goodness. Uh, woo. <laughs> I can't. But anyways, if you happen to meet Kristen next week. Okay. If she comes. I don't know if she's going to come or not, but I'm inviting her. Oh, and uh, man, would you love on her? Let me say, Pastor, I'll do that. Okay. Now, here's what I promise to do: if you bring a friend or a couple of friends, we're gonna we're gonna love on your friends. I mean, next Sunday we're gonna be so accommodating, so welcoming. I'm believing that that the 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 8:30 service is gonna be is gonna be twice that what we have right now. Can we believe for that? Is it okay? I'm I believing that. And, and the reason why I'm, I'm believing for that and, and I'm, I'm shooting for that is because, listen, God wants to save people. He's not satisfied until these people are in his sheepfold, in his, in his pen. Okay? And we're not just doing it for numbers sake. We're doing it because, because eternity matters. So I want to encourage you this week. We're going to do this together. This part of our four cups, this is going to be bigger than yourself. Some of you have never maybe invited someone to church before. Come on, man. Let's, it's fun Just say, hey, would you come to church with me? And, and by the way, uh, they may not want to come at 830. And if they don't want to come at 830, come at 1030 with them. Okay, love on them. And, and, and come on and, and, and encourage them. Come and have them sit with you and, and welcome them and watch what God's going to do. We're going to have a great service next week. There going to be many people that are going to come into God's kingdom. Anybody excited about that? I am. Okay, some of you say, well, I'm a little bit nervous inviting people. Don't be nervous. Get prayed up. Man, come at them with the heart of Jesus. Hey, can, would, I just want to invite you to something that, that I'm so excited about. I think that you would really be encouraged. Would you come to church, to Calvary Church next Sunday with me? Just that simple. Some, listen, most people will come if they're just asked and invited. You don't have to preach to them. Okay. You don't have to do it, But if the Holy Spirit leads you to preach to them. Go ahead and go for that. We'll be preaching next week. And I believe that God's going to touch hearts. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this time together. Thank you for your goodness to us thank you Lord for your promises that you're going to bring us out you're going to free us you're going to redeem us you're going to make us your people and Father I'm just asking God in Jesus name Lord that you would use us this week God may we literally be your voice I pray, God, against any spirit of fear that would keep people, Lord, your sons and daughters, from inviting God. I pray, God, that we will be compelled, Lord, not by guilt or by what Pastor Mike said, but but we would be compelled by your message, God, because people matter. And, Lord, they're going towards a place of eternity. And, God, we want to be used, Lord, to... God, to see people, God, stop from going into the direction of hell. God, and head towards the direction of heaven. God, would you use us? God, give us divine appointments, Lord, we ask this week. And just one more thing with your eyes closed. I'm wondering if there's anyone here in this place that says, Pastor, I want to get saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. I walked away from Him, or you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior, I want you to just raise your hand right now just real quickly, and we're going to pray and just ask the Holy Spirit to do a work in your heart. Is there anyone here in this room that says, Pastor, I would like to drink the cup of salvation. i want to give my life to Jesus. Is there anyone in here? All right. Would you stand to your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray your blessing. What a beautiful day, Lord. What beautiful people, God, that you brought here to this place. God, would you bless them with your, your peace, your joy. And God, I pray, Lord, your abundant life that you promised your children upon them. In your name I pray and all God's people say, amen. Have a great week, guys. God bless you.